talks better than this. Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes podcast presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs, and Chris Schubert from the Draft Network. And we are your hosts here on this Friday episode of the show. A Friday free-for-all. Kyle, welcome. Hello. First career podcast utilizing AirPods. Very excited about it. Do I sound good? You sound heavenly to, to be honest with you, but I think my, my biggest point of excitement is I was always apprehensive about, about AirPods because it was, no, they're never going to stay in my ears. I've got weird oh. ears. They they don't hold buds particularly well, but these aren't buds. They're pods. And it's fitting to use pods for a podcast Ooh. like the draft dudes podcast. Bang Apple ring us up. <laughs> let's let's make something happen for you're real gonna make, you're gonna make me want to put mine in and go ahead you're probably you're probably embarrassed i've had i got mine for my birthday haven't seen them once yeah you haven't seen them once my birthday's june so it's been like a year don't yeah. stop i'm over here with these big bulky headphones making my head look it's, even bigger than it is you know just the cords yeah. they're cumbersome they get in my way they're in my lap i talk with my hands all the time it's a mess it's a mess but no more well, uh, sounds like a good gift there from Santa Claus. Yeah. All right. So Friday free for all means we could talk about whatever we want. And so the New York Mets are in. <laughs> oh, you should see the look in Kyle's face. I got Shuby clapping and laughing on mute. And, and Kyle was about to retire from podcasting right then and there. Oh, we and he <laughs> shut off his video. So, so Shuby, the Mets are in first place, five and three. Let's not do this. Let's not do this show. Let's not ruin Kyle's day and Kyle's Friday and the listeners Friday by doing this. It is a free for all, but it needs to be football related. Football. What's related. The, what's their record? Five they're, and three. they're five and three to start the year. Okay. So you have a 60% win percentage, right? Yeah. What's that over one oh, draft dudes do math already. Well, congratulations. You're 5% of the way there. They're on pace to win 101 games. Ooh, Kyle, Ooh, 101. I'll take it. Sign me up. Small All right. <laughs> sample sizes are not an accurate reflection. And in most sports, eight games is a significant sample size. And in baseball, it is a meaningless drop in the bucket. So now let's please, cont- it's not even 5%. I round it up. Let's go. Thank you for doing Let, that. Let's go. Yeah. All right. Kyle, the Raiders uh, cut Maurice Hurst, and I continue to be confused by nearly everything that the Oakland Raiders or the Las Vegas Raiders do under John Gruden. He's probably their best pass rusher right now. Oh, you want to put Max? Oh, he was played. Yannick Ngakwe. He was their best pass rusher. Right. They brought in Yannick Ngakwe this offseason, but like from last year's team, best. You could make the argument best all around defensive lineman. Yeah. It's, and he's a young player. That's good. It's like, why do they keep creating their own holes? Just as soon as we're sitting here thinking, okay, well, maybe we'll give him an offensive tackle, but this is dude, this is the Christian Barmore spot, right? Christian Barmore. Yeah. This yes. is the Christian Barmore spot. Christian Barmore at 17. He'll be the, the fourth defensive player off the board and they'll take advantage of the tackle depth and get a tackle in the second round. Dude, we're how many? We're three years into this Gruden thing. This is like entering year four. You know what I think of? I think of that scene from The Dark Knight 
when the Joker's talking to Harvey Dent in the hospital. He says, mm-hmm. do I look like the kind of guy with a plan? <laughs> no. I'm a dog chasing cars. I wouldn't know what to do with one if I caught it. That's that's this situation. This Las Vegas Raiders. That's what's happening right now. Dog chasing car. Nobody's going to be able to see the fact that you broke out the approval Morocco, which is usually a live stream tool for Friday's podcast. But I saw you break it out, brother. I I was with you there. I you know I don't always get the movie references, but Dark Knight, one of my favorites. And as soon as you like said the scene, I was right there. And then you nailed the impersonation and then it connected perfectly. And everything we do after this point in this podcast will not be as good as what just happened. Can I bring us down for a moment? I've never seen the dark Knight. Oh, oh my Lord. Oh no. You F in this. I want everybody to tweet at Joe and I, when you listen to this podcast, because I I heard from a bunch of you about Dan Aykroyd and Steve Martin, despite the fact that we corrected it (laughs) two minutes later on the show, just the letter F for Chris, for never seeing Heath Ledger masterful performance in that movie. Dude, that whole series is great. The, the, The whole Dark Knight, Batman, the whole thing. That is, that is amazing movies and you like, you know that you know it's a good movie because it comes from joe who doesn't watch that stuff like shuby's like into the marvel gritty. stuff like oh, huge dude. fan of all the marvel movies yeah oh kyle batman series or marvel which one's better oh i'm taking marvel but okay. well i, I digress it's still a great you haven't seen the marvel one so you no, can't yeah. speak to it yeah, like a couple but, of them i've saw but but yeah the, uh, excellent um reference just man we're, we got like seven more years of uh or six more years of of gruden and and i mean they take they take a step forward it's like they take three back like i just there's just not a whole lot to show for the roster construction and vision to this point in the gruden era 2.0 i would agree um as unfortunate as it is um but at the same time, I I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. I have no. Oh, let's do it. You have to say three nice things about the Gruden Raiders. Oh, so can we yeah. bring this back? Can this be a regular shtick? Because this was a thing last summer, and I think this is the first time Chris has ever experienced yeah. it. But it's like anytime we say negative things on the show, you then have to turn around and say three positive things. I know the backstory as to why this is a thing, yeah. and I'm here for it. I, I love every minute of this. So, yes, please do this. <sighs> so real quick. In my past line of work, the the front desk lady, if you said something negative about somebody, she would say, well, now you have to say three positive things. Shout out that I did this on the podcast. I ran into her. And uh, so uh, shout out to Ashley. And in honor of you, we have to say three things nice about the the Raiders under group. Darren Waller. Darren Waller. Kick-ass stadium. The Death Star. Yes. Yeah. And... Derek Carr had nice development last year as far as throwing the deep ball. I'll give a bonus. Colton Miller reaching his ceiling. Very good job. Done. Okay. Now, I have a talking point from Daniel Jeremiah that I would like to talk about. I don't know if you saw this tweet or not, but it kind of is rooted in why I have been anti-Penny Sewell amid this draft class. Uh, He tweeted this out yesterday afternoon. Interesting chat or Wednesday afternoon, 
when you're listening to this at home. Interesting chat with a defensive line coach today. We were discussing building an offensive line. This was our biggest takeaway. More important, how good your worst guy is than how great your best guy is. Defenses attack your worst guy every week. You can improve your worst starters with second and third round picks. Can you clarify your statement there that you've been anti-Penne Sewell? What, what, what do you mean by that? There's a, a subsection of Dolphins fans that wanted the Dolphins to draft Penny Sewell with their top pick in the NFL draft. And I'm not interested in that at all. Okay. That, all right, that makes sense because to clarify, you love Penny Sewell as a prospect. I think he's, he's top three, he's top three yeah. player on my board. All right. Yeah. So just to, <laughs> but, but specifically as you're yeah. looking at me wearing a dolphin sweatshirt and all this dolphin stuff in the background of my office here, yeah, there's a dolphin set of Dolphins fans that, oh, I don't care that we took Austin Jackson and had three starters, rookie starters in the offensive line last year, like protect Tua and go get an offensive, the uh, uh, quote-unquote generational talent at offensive tackle. And I don't, I don't think Penny Sewell is a generational talent, personally. He's a That's phenomenal. Fair. I think we're too loose with that label anyways. Right. He's a, he is a high-level blue-chip offensive tackle prospect who still needs to develop technically. I mean, he played like 1500 snaps at Oregon and that's it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, dude, it's a good point where offensive line is a great way to kind of laser this in. You could have four outstanding offensive linemen, like above average starters and one replacement level, like below average starter. And what you have to do to make up for that one guy is significant. You almost ruin having those four plus starters by having that one weak link. The offensive line is a sum of the parts as a whole, more so than the sum of the parts individually. Yeah. I genuinely believe that. So I don't need an all pro. It's great to have him, but I don't need a stalwart all pro top two offensive tackle in the NFL to have a good offensive line. That's going to win me football games. But what you need to have is players that have chemistry, complement each other's skill set, have some continuity, and none of them are a liability at their position. So let's do some practical application here. You and I both think the Bengals are going to pick Penny Sewell at number five, right? When you apply this logic to that situation, what do you gather? I still think they have work to do after they add Penny Sewell. Is there an argument to be made, though, that with the addition of Penny Sewell, they, they potentially improve their offensive line in two places? Yes. And that, that was the kickback when I said something to Dolphins fans. Is, oh, okay, well, then you move Robert Hunt inside to, to guard, and you've improved in two spots. So who's your right tackle in that scenario? Austin Jackson? He's never played anything but left, right? I think he did play some right tackle. Okay. Well, that's helpful. Well, he wasn't good at left tackle. And now you're going to play, now you're going to play musical chairs with a guy that can't settle into a single spot because he's totally raw. And to be fair, that's the same dynamic that exists with Penny Sewell. He needs to get better at being a left tackle. And now you're going to make him switch stances. And Josh Sitton literally said, trying to play in an opposite handed stance on the other side of the line is like trying to wipe your ass with the other hand. Yeah. I've never that's actually a quote. tried that, but it's that's hard. a quote yeah. from Josh Sitton, yeah. high level interior offensive lineman for a really long time. It's not as easy as everybody thinks. So 
it's tough, but I look at the depth of this year's class, especially in the interior offensive line. And if you need two or three starters, like, first of all, if you're in that strike zone, I would try and trade back because there's a lot of good available offensive tackles in the first round this year. I'm not pushing completely all in on Penny Sewell, and I'm especially not going to bet on him to fix the entirety of my offensive line. It just, it's, there's, you're too dependent on the players around you, and there's too much of the offense that is dependent on the relationship between those five players, not just an individual along the way. Today's episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection. Diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life, and they're now available through Mother's Day only at BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast in the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. All right, Kyle. What, what's the pro- we, We've been working on these cross checks for months now, right? We're kind of getting down to the nitty gritty. Did another 20 players this week. Not a math guy. I was probably wrong about that, but was there a study this week that really stood out to you? Well, I think we each have one. Yeah. Kendrick green for you. Want to cross check one of my guys. And ironically enough, (laughs) divine Diablo from Virginia tech is one of your guys who I really liked. You gave Kendrick green a top. I'm assuming it's a top 100 grade. He's going to be around 84, 85 on my board. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Divine Diablo checks in 95th on mine. So that's a new, that's the big new addition to the board this week. Um, and then I got a couple other guys, Kerry Vincent, Ellerson Smith, Thomas Graham, sneaking into the top 150. So at the risk of ruining Battle of the Boards in, in two weeks, because we don't necessarily. Chris is so pissed. He's so uh, mad at us. What do we that do? Guys, stop no, giving Joe, away keep, this good content. We have a whole design going. for it. Stop. Is it designed by 10 of the best female designers? Like our friends at 1010? No. Or is it, it is, just designed by you? It is just designed by me. <laughs> oh, then I'm not going to worry about ruining it. So, Joe, please continue. We'll, we'll hold one this? of them. But we'll do I'll one tell you other. about why I like Kendrick Green. You can talk about why you like Green Diablo, and we'll avoid Great. the debate part of it. Okay, so Great. Kendrick Green... Interior offensive lineman from Illinois, came to Illinois, uh, wrestling background in in high school, um, defensive tackle in high school, goes to Illinois to play defensive tackle, converts over to the interior offensive line, plays both guard and center. Some games you'll see him play guard and center. Um, 
and I, and I think he could play either. But for a team that wants to run inside outside zone, I like the lateral mobility. I like his explosiveness off the line of scrimmage. I like him in space. And for guys that are typically like players that you say this is a a zone blocker, normally I would uh, a lot of times that means that they're missing a mean streak and that you don't right. see them really showing tenacity into their blocks. But that's what I really loved about Kendrick Green is that he does have that nastiness and he's got some power behind his strikes and he really wants to like displace people and, and create movement. And you look, you look at him play and he wants to find those leverage points and put people on their backs. So I just like the package here. I like the versatility for that type of scheme. I think he can uh, be a nice player for somebody. So wind up being a third round grade for me. He's going to finish in the mid eighties on my board and um, just a player whose tape I enjoyed at this point in the process. Divine Diablo from Virginia tech. Uh, kind of similar but opposite, right? He shows up at Virginia Tech and he's going to play wide receiver. So he's an offensive guy at first. In his first season there at Virginia Tech, he plays offense, catches a handful of balls, uh, transitions over to the defensive side. Uh, has Joe, I, I don't want to get the number right. I believe it's over 700 special team snaps. Throughout yeah, the like almost 800 actually. Yeah. Like phenomenal special teams ability. So that alone for a guy who's long, big and fast in straight lines is going to get him a spot on an active roster. It just is guys that run that fast are that long, have that big of a tackle radius that play special teams. They're going to make a roster. So you already feel good about this guy, even if because he recently transitioned from the offensive side of the ball, he's going to be able to be a third or fourth safety and probably a fourth safety is rookie year. Uh, Divine Diablo for me, scored a 76.5, which is a third round grade. Anything from a 79, uh, nine, which we don't get because we go by halves, uh, to a 75 is considered a third round grade for us on our scoring system this year. So he's you know, right there late three and he's sitting 95th on my personal board this year. And I look at the ceiling and, and, I hold him up against another prospect and we're not going to get into that. We'll save that for battle of the boards. Um, but I look at him versus another big, long rangey hybrid linebacker slash safety. And because divine Diablo has less experience, I think he has a higher ceiling and I think he, he does a fair job as far as getting into run fits in the box when he was rolled down and, and asked to be a B-level defender. Uh, the Liberty game, I thought, was a great showcase of that as far as tracking and tracing the running back and you know, finding creases to attack and get in the line of scrimmage. And uh, he made a big step forward with his ball skills this year with the number of the interceptions that he had. Uh, former wide receiver, you'd hope he has good hands. And, and he doesn't have great hands, but he started to convert and get around the football a little bit more in 2020. So definitely a guy who benefited from playing this year. And I just look at the, the trajectory. I look at the high floor because of the special teams ability. And I think about what he can become or I anticipate he can become. I like what I see. First round name, just like the uh, other safety you mentioned there in your from your A-A-C-C. region, from yeah. your neck of the woods. Hmm. Wonder if anyone can connect the dots. And... Hmm. All right. So it was nice to see a couple players that we bought into because, man, I'm looking at the, the grades I handed out. I'm seeing a lot of 
sixes yes. and sevens. So yeah, breath well, of fresh that, air. That's that's one of the benefits to us doing business the way we're doing it this year, right? Is it it's you your own region you have to sort through and find like the UDFA guys. So that way when we do the collective cross check, you kind of know who the guys are in other people's regions that are worth your time to watch instead of, oh, I remember hearing this guy's name on a broadcast or, oh, this guy had good production. Then you watch him. It's like, man, this isn't going to translate at all to the next level. So I really like that component of what we do. Joe, I have a question for you. Yes. I have the grade, the average grade that all four of our scouts at the TDN scouting staff have assigned thus far this season mm-hmm. through cross checks. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious who you think the most stingy grader is. Yeah. And I'm curious who you think I wanted you to put them on in order. Like, is it the most generous grader? Though? Cause that's, that would be the most interesting to me because it's the same sample size. If you do it like that. Okay. I can do you that know? right now. Yeah. I, I would want it to just be that because you know, like, the bottom of the barrel for different regions could look a lot different and skew those numbers. Okay. So well, if you just take the I'm hundred, already, like all, I'm already halfway there. Okay. So I'll tell you my order as you finalize that. I think the most stingy grader that we have, oh man, it might be me. It's either me or Dre. I will say it's Dre is the most stingy. Then it's me. Then it's you and Jordan's the most generous grader. That is incorrect. Did I have any of the slots correct? So Dre is a 77 on the dot. Okay. You are a 77.6. Oh, okay. So I'm, I'm a little better than Dre in terms You're of. You're a little more generous than Dre. Okay. Jordan is a 78. Yeah. So he's number one. So where's you? Where are you? I lied. Yeah, I think you might have had it exactly right. Are you third? 77.7. So are you two or three? I can't remember what you said for me. Yeah, no, Joe got it exactly right. This is just an example of Kyle not being able to do math properly. Chris, I have to highlight 180 individual (laughs) cells one at a time. Look at the number, move on to the next one, and remember what all four of them are. Maybe you should have considered that before you asked Joe the question. That's on you, well, buddy. Well, I was perfectly fine until Joe said, I only want to know what the grades that we've given out in cross checks are. But do you agree with that from a methodology perspective? Like, that was probably the best way to really... No, it's not. But no, that's I, fine. So, Dre's well, the most I've been doing grade. extra players, and they're all bad. Like, Okay, me too. <laughs> right. It's like, here I am trying to do this extra work to see guys that are like seventh-round grades. Well, it's going to help us come our draft coverage. Yes, for sure. And that's to be able to, to speak intelligently on as many of the draftable players as possible, with the exception of kickers and punters. Not going to, so quit asking. But yes, uh, Dre, most stingy grader. Uh, it's like that time in the league has, has hardened him mm-hmm. and made it more difficult to get uh, those high grades. Uh, Jordan, not by too much but our most generous grader. So prospects bear in mind. We've been telling you about our friends at Built Bar for quite some time here on the Locked On Network. Built Bar, the amazing tasting protein bar, high in protein, low in sugar, high in fiber, low in calories, 
100% chocolate on all of their bars, 18 amazing flavors, including those with and without nuts. So whether you're looking for something that is keto-friendly, something delicious, something for breakfast, something post-workout, something on the go, Built Bar can check that box in your life. Right now, you can visit BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order. So find out what all the fuss is about. Use promo code LOCKED15, save 15% at BuiltBar.com. Football season may be over, but BetOnline has plenty of sports betting action for you to get in on with NBA, MLB, and NHL all in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality television with real-time updated odds and props on just about anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all of the news scores and odds and is the best way to place your bets, plus it's free to sign up. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code locked on. April 19th through the 26th, listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey, featuring analysis from NFL experts like Michael Irvin, Jason Lockhanfora, and Brian Baldinger, our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars for their teams. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Joe, welcome back. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's good to be back uh, on the podcast. And uh, nobody will know about the blooper reel that uh, didn't make it to the podcast. I will know. I will know about it. And so will Chris. Well, the thing that disappoints me is that it was a highlight reel for you in a lot of ways. And then I just joined the party unnecessarily by cutting you off in the middle of a read. But anyways, what I wanted to talk about was um, this narrative that's shifting. Number three overall, all of a sudden, Benjamin Albright says there's a lot of buzz about Justin Fields as San Francisco's guy at three, fresh off of his second pro day with Kyle Shanahan in attendance. I think what's more notable than coming off the pro day is the money from the odds makers and sports books that is just absolutely pouring in for Justin Fields at number three. So we talked about our friends over at Bet Online, right? Mm-hmm. Last week, they released these props for the 2021 NFL Draft. Uh, I believe the Friday show last week, we went through them and we talked about how Justin Fields started like last Thursday night at plus 500 to be number three overall. And by the time we got around to recording, it was plus 110 and it had a stop at 160 along the way, I believe. So like they're not messing around. It's moving quick. Now I'm pulling it up right now for what it currently is. And the spoiler alert is Justin Fields is minus 180. Oh no. So in a span of a week, we went from plus 500 to minus 180 for Justin Fields. So say what you will about the pro day, say what you want about all the BS analysis. At the end of the day, smart people, and there's a lot of smart people on the books. You know how many smart people have to be throwing, Chris, I apologize, a ton of money down on Justin Fields for that line to move that fast 
and that hard. So congratulations to whoever got in on this bet at plus 500. Don't remind me. They locked the bet when I went to put it in. And then he came back at 160. Yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. I uh, I spent a little time on Thursday with our friends with at Bet Online and put some cash down on some of these. And one of them was Justin Fields at uh, number three. And at, at, oh, it was plus 110 or something like that. It wasn't okay, good. Okay. Yeah. You scared the hell out of me. I was ready to freak out on you because if you would have got plus 500 and I missed out on it, I would, I would have felt some kind of way. No, I'll let you know for sure. So that way we can have transparency here. Okay. That's good. I, by the way, I have, I've got about a hundred bucks on various props from yeah, last you know, Friday's show. I went a little, little, little in on some of this stuff. How do you look at your, okay. My account, I'm guessing. This is bad audio. I'm sorry. In the meantime, <laughs> uh, I I got him at plus 110 as well. Plus 110. Yes, confirmed. Okay. So we're on the same team here. We're rooting yeah. for the same thing. We're going to get the same payout. Well, yes. But if you miss the boat, like you might as well not touch who goes to number three now, other than if you're going to get fields and want to throw a ton of money on it to get a marginal payout, because that's going to be the pick. Ooh. It feels that way, man, dude, you just, you can't, you can't invest three first round picks in Mac Jones. You just can't do it. Where's Mac Jones going to go now? That's a wonderful question. Let's end the show on that because well, I did. Is he a fit for Denver? No. I mean, yeah, no. he's a fit for Denver. Yeah. He's, he's a, a fit, fit for John Elway. Because right, John Elway loves six foot six statues in the pocket. I don't think they'll pick him, but I think he's a fit. I think it's fair to say that. You have been so sliding in this Chicago talk when it comes to Mac. Desperate times call for desperate measures, Joe. You think the football team? Chicago's that. Did you see what they were? They teased as a name. No, let, tell I, me about it. I, I had the I had this list ready to go if we needed something. I have all thirty five team oh, names that were suggested. Thirty five. I didn't gotta, see thirty five. I just saw one about cats, Chris. Uh, did you? Are you referring to the Washington Demon Cats? Is that what you were yes. referencing? Oh no! Show your thoughts on the demon the Demon no. Cats. <laughs> that's my thoughts right there. I encapsulated it in one word, sentence. The Demon Cats. That's terrible. That's a minor Washington league baseball Demon team. Cats. No, that's literally a minor league baseball team. No, can't do it. Isn't there like some minor league team in Massachusetts called the Yard Goats? The Hartford Yard Goats, yes. Yes. So, like, that's that caliber team. Do you really want to be an NFL franchise with a team name that belongs in the same bucket as the Yard Goats? What even is a Demon Cat? I don't know. It's a bad team name. That's what it is. Chris, can you pull out a couple, another couple gems? I mean, I, I mean, I have all of them in front. I of don't me. want all of them. My heart's going to explode. Just maybe like a couple cringeworthy. So I, I will have, you know, that they sent this survey to a bunch of season ticket holders and not everybody got all 35 team names. They kind of split them up. I'll just tell oh. everybody that that's how it, it went. And the Washington football team was one of the team names that they gave to people. They also gave them the Washington DC football club. I'm a huge fan of that one. No, I actually like that one. Uh, 
liked that's that too one a soccer lot. And that's the point. That's what makes it so awesome. No, was Washington football team, stick with that if you're going to do that. The, the Washington presidents is certainly an interesting choice. Awful. No, that was one of the ones that I was want all 35. Keep going. Okay. The, you have the Washington ambassadors. Awful. Uh, the Washington Armada. Don't know what That's that is, bad. so it's bad. It's, a, what it's is it? like a, a so, fleet of ships in the Navy. We need to have a discussion oh. about we need to have oh. a discussion about this one. Is this copyright infringement to call themselves the Washington Defenders? The DC Defenders? The DC Defenders was the XFL team, was it not? Oh uh, yeah, don't do that just like, for the sake of it. Feels like yeah. you can't yeah, do you that. can't touch it. I like the Armada. I just learned what that is and I'll, I like it. So, so you're hashtag Armada. new vocabulary for Joe. Yeah, um, dude, and I've been through like that area. Kyle, you sort of live in that area. Like it's it's very very cool idea. The Washington it, Wild Hogs is a name. Terrible. Um, the Washington Renegades, the Washington Red Wolves, yeah. the Washington Red Good. Tails, the Washington Razorbacks, the Washington. Okay, so Red, Red Tails. Wait, hold on. Red Tails and Red Wolves are, are reasonable. Those are names that have been thrown around in the past. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned Demon Cats already. You have the Washington Belters because they called, you know, D.C. the Beltway. Uh, oh, that terrible. one. That's the that's, worst one yet. Uh, the Washington terrible. Aces. Terrible. Is another one. Uh, the Washington Capital City Football Club, CCFC, is another oh, one that's been thrown around. Gone. We are trying so hard to be relevant right now. Uh, um, yeah, the, uh, the Washington Swifts is another one. What's that know. supposed to be? I'm not, not sure. It's a Pokemon attack. <laughs> Okay. To use Swift. It was effective. <laughs> okay, we're done. We are absolutely positively done. We hope you enjoyed this week. Uh, tomorrow, the last week before draft week, the, uh, the witching hour approaches. And you're going to want to make sure you are up to speed with anything and everything pertaining to the 2021 NFL draft by hitting subscribe on the Draft Dudes podcast. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert. Thanks as always for listening. Enjoy your weekends.